Well, we're halfway through the year, and that means we're also halfway through revisiting every Star Wars movie in reverse Hasui order. And this month, next on the docket, we've got Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. How Star Wars is it? Hello there, Mike. Hi, Josiah. And hello to our dear listeners and his sweeties. And welcome back to the show. Yeah, welcome back. <laughs> welcome back. Thank you for coming back week after week. Yes. Month after month. And this is the show. It's How Star Wars Is It? And it's uh, the only the podcast wherein only we podcast. review absolutely anything and everything on a scale of 1 to 10 of how Star Wars that thing is. That's right. I, I had the, the distinct pleasure this weekend of uh, hanging out with uh, one of Charlie's good friends. And I made Charlie... Once her friend found out about my podcast, because I had to edit it over the weekend, I made Charlie pitch the show to her. Uh-huh. Um, so it was very nice to hear her sort of do the... Because is she a big network executive? Yeah, she loves it. She She's really good at log lines. Uh-huh. Um, so it was great. And I made her... Uh, she did the whole... Uh, she did the chili bit. Great. She did the not how good or bad it is, how star as it is. Um, so it's good to know that we have some staying power in sure. the hearts and minds of at least of the people closest to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we rate everything on a scale of one to 10 of how Star Wars it is. The only thing that's gotten a 10 out of 10 is Return of the Jedi. So yeah. And Star um, Wars movies in general tend to fare fairly well. And this week we're going to put that to the test again. We are revisiting another Star Wars movie. Middle of the prequels, episode two, Attack of the Clones, largely, mm-hmm. uh, at least somewhat largely considered to be the worst of the prequels, Movie. perhaps. Yeah. Uh, yes, absolutely. You know what's interesting? So I'm, this is something we've been doing the last couple episodes that we've done this. It's because we've realized that we were like, wow, we don't have that much more to say about these movies. Right. And we've also been recording <laughs> the commentary tracks for two and change hours that you can uh, listen to yourself, listeners, yes. over at our Patreon. Uh, if you you're hearing this out. today, the day it released, then that will probably come out a week from Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Go check it out. It's really fun. I think the commentary for Attack of the Clones is very fun. Yeah. I hadn't seen the, I hadn't seen the movie in uh, five years. So it was exciting to see it again with fresh eyes. Yeah, but something we've been doing this. La- I have I have our li- our little uh, list here pulled up. That's a um, great idea. We can maybe run through that early so that we yeah. can kind of set our uh, our sights. So we are halfway through the um, our revisit of all these these flicks. Uh, okay, so we gave. Last Jedi, an eight and a half, 8.5. Yes, that's right. And um, uh, Josiah beat me to finding that, but I pulled up the Spotify and remembered that when you play our podcast on Spotify, the playhead is a lightsaber. And that yes. is just so cool. And we had nothing to do with that. It just does that, I guess. Yeah, we didn't We didn't bribe Spotify to do that. They just did it. Um, but yeah, so we're like halfway through uh, revisiting these. Right, this um, is like the, the peak of the mountain. We're literally on right. the, the middle the six out of the 11 flicks. So yeah. uh, let's run through. So Return of the Jedi, still a 10 out of 10. Phantom Menace, a 9.25. <laughs> New Hope, 
a 9. Empire, 8.75. The Last Jedi, 8.5. So we're getting really granular here. Right. So if we're doing this sort of quarter point thing, the, the highest this could get, if it stays in the same position as we initially ranked it, would be an eight and a quarter. Or an eight mm-hmm. flat. What what did you say? No, yeah. Last 8. Jedi 5. was an eight point five. Yeah, okay. So if if we are sticking with our quarter measurement, yes, um, Attack of the Clones would be eight point two five. So like when we initially rated everything, Attack of the Clones, Last Jedi, and New Hope all got an eight for various reasons, right? Uh-huh. So that's what we're here to relitigate today is deciding where it belongs in this sort of eight area. So Last Jedi, A New Hope, and Attack of the Clones. Yes, those all had an eight. Okay. Um, which, funnily enough, we've moved we moved New Hope New Hope up to a nine. Empire um, got bumped down a little bit to an eight point seven five. Uh, okay. And then Last Jedi is right there around in that eight point five area. So we are here today to figure out <laughs> what Attack of the Clones is. Those are yeah, a lot of numbers so that don't mean anything. Yeah, so just gut reactions based on those numbers. Does Attack of the Clones, without investigating it all that much, does it feel less Star Wars than The Last Jedi to you? <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. I don't know how to answer it either because in a lot of ways it feels much more Star Wars. Sure. You know? Because the reason that Last Jedi ends up high is because it is representative of like the good filmmaking side of Uh Star Wars, right? And it has a lot of the rhyming moments. But Attack of the Clones is just so batshit, you know? Attack of the Clones really, like, sort of colored the prequels. Like, a lot of people were mixed on Phantom Menace when it first came out, and people hated Jar Jar and stuff like that. But once, like, the prequels as an era was sort of in amber, people were able to point at it and say it was bad. And I would say they are responding to largely the um, like the bad dialogue and the bad performances. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like not necessarily the bad story, because I don't know if, if I think the story overall is bad. Of the whole prequel era. I don't think it's great, but... I hate to break it to you, but um, it is bad. (laughs) No, uh, when we were listening to... I mean, not listening. We were watching it and giving the commentary. I think there was a sort of us remembering, especially me remembering, like, what even this second movie is about. Like, what happens in it. Right. And it's sort of these inexplicable storylines. There's, like, sort of three different things that are, like, being tied together Okay, I'll, yes, story, not bad. Plot, not great. Right. You know what I mean? Those like are the, two very different things for sure. Yes, the the sort of like literal let's get to the story, like what is the story? Yeah, the like you said, events that take place. <laughs> yes, you said something in the commentary that I think tracks, especially for the prequels. It's like George Lucas is just telling you a story. Yeah. Where he's like, okay, so this one thing happened. Like, and then he this managed thing happened. to, like, watch all the events unfold and then, like, told a typewriter everything that yeah. happened and then turned that into a script. <laughs> yeah, he told him he fed an AI a bunch of Star Wars <laughs> movies and then he had it pump out. And he was uh, today years old. He was today years old. We found out that WAP stands for. Wait, no, that actually does stand <laughs> for something. Um, No, so, like, uh, this is hard because. Should we? I mean, like, do we have anything new to say about Attack of the Clones, the the film itself? 
Um, I feel like I've said this now on multiple episodes lately, but I guess I'll say it again. Of all the prequels, Attack of the Clones, to me, is weirdly, like, the most rewatchable because it has sort of the most weird shit that I like. You know, I love backgroundy crap. Like, I yeah. love Greedo. I love all the guys in the cantina. So, therefore, I love Attack of the Clones because there's so much business going on in that movie. There's all the bad guys. There's Watt Tambor and Poggle the Lesser and the yeah. Blinking Clan. <laughs> yes, there's so many weird little, like, blink and you miss it yes, world building like, things. There's, there's the, the Ahmed Best and Anthony Daniels cameos in the weird mm-hmm. bar. The, there's the changeling Zam Wessel. There's Dex, of course. There's Watto's hat. <laughs> like, yes. I do love all the, like, goofy shit. And I also love the, like, again, like, more, more world stuff. Like, we got Camino, yeah. and we get a bit more of we Coruscant. See, we see Dex, you know. We get to we see, see a Geonosis. new different part of Naboo, uh-huh. you know. It's like, it's like we, we have a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of cool world stuff. Um, and, you know... If the plot was better, mm-hmm. or, or like better constructed, better executed, then the world building stuff would be. Then I think this movie would be like the maybe the like best Star Wars movie as far as world building goes because they literally just. I mean something that something that I think George Lucas does well in the prequels, and this might be. Let me see if I can figure out how to say this. It's not a show don't tell thing because he is sort of. Sh- telling you the plot right. of like the story but he is doing a very fun interesting job of just showing you all the little corners of this universe and like a bunch of little corners not necessarily locations but like yeah the aliens the 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 banking clan like you said like right. a bunch of different things that are introduced in this movie even, and then like, just like never talked about again in any of the movies of like how cloning works like the yeah. details are a little scarce but they give you just enough that you can really fill in a lot of the blanks um you know they needed this well, guy to stick around more because they probably had to take hair and other dna from him like fairly frequently because otherwise you're doing the multiplicity thing and you're making a copy of a copy right uh but well, like, even like but but most of that is like they say the one line of like, oh yeah, we keep him here. And then I am allowed to be like, oh, so so that they can avoid multiplicity situations. Yeah, you know, yeah. like he well, he does um he does a thing that I would say my boss does, which is um claim that all you really have to do is have a big idea and then someone else will do the actual detail work for you. And in his case, that's kind of true because he has ILM. Yeah. <laughs> like it's he true. can be like, oh uh, yeah, they're really tall, uh Wispy, they're like deflated balloon aliens. They're really tall and stretchy, and they uh, make, they make clones. They have to keep the bounty hunter Django fit. They have to keep him there. Uh, yeah, he and had then Island's like, got it. That's his kid, and he's gonna be the guy who, who everyone loves. <laughs> yeah, they're never gonna, they're gonna love that guy. The um, and they're just uh, like, okay, we'll build a bunch of three D models. <laughs> yeah, we'll just we'll just animate this whole movie for you. The um. Oh yeah, that's what I'm gonna say. A joke that you make sometimes is like the seeing the like little robot uh, yes. put in the new window yeah. <laughs> after like the one that Anakin jumps out of. Obi Wan. Um, Obi Wan jumps out of after Padme is you know uh, her life is uh, there's assassination attempt. Yeah, and like that is such a goofy detail, right? And we've talked before about how George Lucas loves to answer questions we weren't asking, but that that is also what good world building is. Right. Like it's just because. 
the sort of plot and dialogue and acting of this movie like fall flat because that happens the world building is easy to make fun of whereas if it was all if the rest of that was good it would be like oh what a cool little detail right like right. oh we see all these cool little details of of random things in the background or like blinking you miss it characters uh or, or like oh the geonosians and the banking clan and the robot guy whatever it's called yeah uh it's like all that cool stuff the where techno where no union. Techno union. <laughs> um, tune into the commentary to hear us make some great jokes yeah. about him. We also made some like revelations in that commentary. We were talking about like how to like prune scenes or like make them mean something. Cause that is another thing this movie does a yes. lot. And I would argue that most of star Wars doesn't have this problem, which is entire five minute long sequences ultimately being flashy show and not developing anything yeah you know like yeah even even like other chase sequences like uh han solo and the gang going through the asteroid field in empire like that shows mm -hmm. us darth vader working with his team and that they're all you know it's hard to get good help these days and it shows han and leia like falling in love and yes exactly like in this movie yeah. there's like multiple sequences that it's just like the thing we learned from that that chase sequence on coruscant is like okay anakin is good at driving and jumping i guess <laughs> yeah and even even like yes there is there are multiple sequences that go on too long and that don't because that was something we talked about in the commentary and we can talk about it a little bit here is that like the it's like it's like sort of inefficient writing in a way yeah. because it's like doing something fun uh i you know it should be fun that goes on too long and then like after that in a different scene they'll tack on some character development and it's like well why didn't you just put the character development in, in the, the scene, scene where they were doing watch the whole thing. the thing together you know <laughs> yeah. and i think you're right because like the rest of star wars i don't think does that as much um, like i'm just trying to think of an analog of in any other movie that is the droid factory because that right. that sequence yeah. isn't even really fun to sit through. It, no, it totally feels just like an exercise well, in CGI. <laughs> as as an adult, it's not fun. I do remember like loving this entire movie when I saw it when sure. it came out when I was like whatever twelve or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was that was one of those sequences where I was like, oh man, I wish there was a ride of this. I wish there was like a cool roller coaster ride of this part. Um. And so I think there are some of, I mean, it's the, you know, to that end, Clone Wars might be one of the most, not Clone Wars, Attack of the Clones. I do that all the time. I call it A Phantom Menace and Clone Wars, uh -huh. the movie. This might be the most kids movie, mm -hmm. uh, like th this and Return of the Jedi in a way, or like the v feel very kids movie to me. Because it's like, it's obvious that there's a lot of these sequences are are designed to be like, the kids are going to like this. That's, and I think the that's closest what's also thing... so funny about, like, maybe this to a lesser extent than Phantom Menace, but all the prequels, like, there's certainly things that it's like, okay, well, that's only for kids. Like, even yeah. the romance in this, like, the idea of, like, it just sort of being explained to you as opposed to, like, you actually realizing how, like, charming and sexy and how much chemistry these people have which of course is they don't like mm -hmm. like a romance in a kids movie you could just have it be told to you that's like any disney yes. princess thing but then there's things like the banking clan and the yeah. all the politicking that happens yeah. in the prequels that is just and, like yeah. who's and then the, the audience and then there's like the scary stuff and like especially yeah. in episode 3 it's like really dark but even in this movie there's like some scary kind of things right. and like um, like I, I made, you know, I made a joke about Zam Wessel, the like 
their like little changeling face like really creeping me out right. like when I was younger. So yeah, no, these this movie is like the perfect mishmash of oh, it's for kids, but also we're trying to tell a bigger story, but also it's a swing and a miss, but also there's like really cool stuff involved and and they tried to I go don't know. for a like Gone with the Wind level romance, but a like the Maltese Falcon level film noir mystery. Yes. Like he just he <laughs> yeah. really tried to do a handful of um, gigantic swings and missed. <laughs> you know what's interesting is like, and I don't think we talked about this before, maybe, but like, so initial Star Wars trilogy is right. We talked about how it's like a, a kid of parts. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, Sci-fi, old sci-fi, Buck Rogers, westerns, and samurai movies, right? right? Sure. And that was a big part of and its like success. And like Dune and like high fantasy. Yes. And that, that was a big part of its success in that it was like able to sort of marry those elements yeah. well, you know? And, and I would argue that the tr- sequel trilogy, for better or for worse, mirrors that tone, like is sort of... It's it's not it's not doing sci-fi meets western meets samurai. It's doing original trilogy. Yeah, right. Its but, inspiration was Star Wars. <laughs> yes, but original trilogy feels like original trilogy, right. right? So you can see the influences and elements in the sequel trilogy. Yeah, I think that some of the downfall of the prequels is that it's George Lucas going away from I'm doing western sci-fi. Like I'm doing fantasy. things I love. Yes, and uh, going away from that and going into I'm going to I'm going to make a prequel in the world I've already created. Yeah. But getting away from those elements of like oh well it's it's a western, uh, it's a samurai. There's like you know getting away from those elements leaves you with the mishmash that we have. Right. And 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 it makes me wonder like did was he thinking like with episode two. Like specifically, yes, I want to do film noir. I want to do romance. Mm, maybe you know, because it's like it's like he didn't do that in the original trilogy, and so I'm wondering, were there like is that part of the problem with the prequels? Is that he was once again trying to do a uh, mash up some different like um, inspirations, and then ended up being mired as... in the the plot. <laughs> yes, the plot and the sort of the, the poor dialogue yeah, you know, and everything. That's, that's a really interesting point because all the prequels as like one whole, they do kind of read like the creator was absent. Like it was just sort of like, like he was just like, well, yeah, I mean, we have all these history books. I'll, I'll like photocopy out the pages that make the most sense to share. You know, like, yeah. like it felt like he was just sort of... Um, tied so much to the mythology that he had to present that to us instead of, you know, the hero's journey story. You know, that's what, you know, like um, Phantom Menace is so messy, you don't even know who the protagonist is. Yeah, yeah. And in this, you sure do, but it's, well, I would argue it might even be Obi-Wan in this. (laughs) No, it is. I think it absolutely is Obi-Wan in this because you spend a lot of time with Anakin and Padme, but he's not doing protagonist stuff. Yeah, right. That's the thing with the prequels is events all happen to the characters as opposed to the characters like making choices that result in plot taking place. And you mentioned something in the in our commentary that I think would be a fun exercise that we should do someday, yeah. which will lead me into kind of my next idea here is that like uh, a fun exercise would be quote unquote rewriting mm. the prequels because oh, everyone uh-huh. loves to be like, oh, this is how you can make the prequels good. But something you mentioned was like only using or maybe we both were mentioning it, yeah. only using the plot elements and dialogue that we have in the movie. Yeah. But like 
moving it, editing it in a way to make it feel, I don't know, just like more compelling. Yeah. Um, Because I think there's a way you can do that with, with, I mean, with just the entire prequel trilogy in general. And which leads me to the next thing. Because it's not, because prequels don't feel like original trilogy, right? It feels like different. I mean, you can tell it's the same guy making it, but it feels like like a a different video game. Yeah. And I think like, I don't know if he could have done a sci-fi fantasy Western samurai movie with the story of the prequels because the story of the prequels is a classic Greek tragedy, you know, it's fatal flaw. It's Oedipus because there's no way that this person, this person was fated to become the terrible thing they became. But like Oedipus or Macbeth, they have like a prophecy set before them, which is another thing that if I were to rewrite the prequels, given only the elements they present, I would really lean more into what is this prophecy? Because yeah. boy, oh boy, is it fun in a play like that, like an old, old, old classic play yes. to know what's going to happen, but then see the person deliberately try to avoid making that happen. And yes. in so doing, they like shoot themselves in the foot. Yes. Like and essentially it's that's so Raven. <laughs> it's that's so Raven. Every episode. Holy cow. That's so Raven is, is inspired by Shakespeare is Oedipus. <laughs> Every episode is Oedipus yeah. going, I hope I don't you know, marry my mom and have sex with her. Yeah. And then he's like, ah, dang yeah, it. Oh, I did. I did it anyway. Shoot. Oh, shit. I was even trying not to. I was trying not to, but it's, it, there's but it's this like the book. fashion show. This might be actually a better thing to discuss on next week's episode, but there's a book that my freshman year of college it's like a short book and it's a bunch of short stories and each one is maybe three or four pages long. It's not, they're not very long, but there's probably 20 or 30 of them. And it's called Einstein's dreams. And the premise is it's like different ways, different universes where time moves differently. And Mm. it sort of just describes what a day or two in the life of this place or time where time moves differently. And then we, this was for architecture that we had to read it because our first like big assignment was create like a bridge essentially from our world to this other world where time moves so Mm. differently. So it was, it was all just conceptual thinking and sort of unlearning, you know, trying to get everybody from all these different backgrounds, their first semester of school to kind of be on the same page from a conceptual standpoint, you know? And the one that I picked, I just like, I think about it all the time. I love this idea. It's a reality where uh, at random times you can never like predict it. You will get a glimpse of your own future. Mm. You don't know how far into the future and you don't know um, like it it is certain. Yeah. Um, And basically the idea is like no matter what you do to either hope that happens or keep it from happening, it will happen. Um, Mm -hmm. And so the like little bridge thing that I made was this thing where like there were these hills all around you and then the, the path kind of woven and out of the hills. And when you're on the path, sometimes the path is above a hill. So you can like look down and see another part of the path, but like you don't know where it came out of which hill basically, Mm. but it is all only one path, you know? Right. Right. And I, I think there would have been a lot more fun to do the Greek tragedy thing, I guess is where my roundabout way of saying, if yeah. if like the visions that Anakin had of, like, you know, like again, they sort of tease us with some of those. Um, yeah. If there were more uh, concrete reasons or, or events that he made a choice 
to do something to keep something bad from happening and it directly resulted in that bad thing happening. You know, like yes, exactly. the, the like, Tusken like Raiders Luke took Empire Shmi Skywalker a couple weeks ago. Like that is happening to him. Yes. He's just getting there in the like, nick of time. Right. Like like, you know, it's a oh I had this bad vision about uh my, my mom. I'm gonna go to Tatooine to save her. Yeah. Uh new uncle or whatever comes Shmi has to stay on the farm because uh, for whatever reason the rest of the family goes and, and meets Anakin and then while they're gone Shmi right. is kidnapped right. you like, know it's so like oh wait this was your fault and they were his receiving party she wouldn't have been left alone or whatever exactly yeah it's like stuff like that because the the tragedy of these prequels is watching the like inexorable fall into becoming Darth Vader right, right. And, and it's almost more like watching like <clears throat> Requiem for a Dream something like that where like the the I mean the people in that movie also make like choices but like they succumb to addiction and like yeah. addiction is is it may have been like a small bit of agency and choice related to that like fall early on but like you know something like heroin you 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 don't have much of a choice (laughs) no yeah to dig yourself out of it yes i haven't seen requiem for a dream but i i I know what you're saying because at a certain point with like uh addiction and and especially with the harder stuff it's like no you can't just stop right like you have if you're going to there has to be like very specific things you have to do and like revenge of the sith specifically is sort of like that like like anakin is already in he can't just like not be go, not become Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think like if we ever want to do this rewriting exercise, I think it's like we take I because th- I, I think if you take all the elements from all three movies, yeah, and then squish squish them into I don't know maybe two movies, you could create this cool fall from grace fi- because because I yeah the the fighting his future. And I, mean, I talked about this a little bit, like there uh, in the commentary, but like the way, because I was like, oh, you could read Hayden Christensen's performance as someone who is very powerful and who has been told his entire yes. life that he's going to be a bad guy. You could read his performance as trying to keep a very tight lid yeah. on everything. Yeah, that's right. So we talked a not... lot about the actual acting as being like, wait, was this maybe a great choice? <laughs> yes, it's like, was this a was this a great choice? Was this a choice at all, or is it just something that you can definitely read into? But about like. Either way, it's a fun way to watch the movie with that in mind. Um, but like, yeah, you could. This would. Uh, so all that to say, if if Lucas had had, I don't know, maybe a little more foresight or other people helping him, like he had in the, the original trilogy, to say, well, let's pull from your influences again, right? Like, what do you like about? Uh, you know, we did Western Buck Rogers fantasy samurai for the original trilogy. What do you like about all those things that we haven't discovered? Because like the tragic, like lonely, like the Ronin hero of a samurai is like a pretty compelling thing. And and, like, there's a lot of like about honor in samurai stuff and Mm -hmm. and falling from grace in samurai stuff. Say even in in Westerns, there's the same thing of like the the lone gunfighter rolls in and has to atone for his past. Right. Right. Um, uh, or like the, you know, comes in is trying to be good. And then someone else comes in and is like, Oh no, you're a bad guy. I know you're a bad right. guy. He's like, no, I'm not, I'm not that way. And like, there's all sorts of stuff he could have done even within that stuff or could have taken entirely new influences. All that to say, I feel like he was trying to do that in this movie the most blatantly with like the detective noir stuff the romance stuff. Whereas like in Phantom Menace, I have no idea. Like if, if right. you were to be like, Oh, what are the, 
genres that he's trying to evoke here i'd be like i don't know yeah, like just star Return wars of the i guess Jedi, i guess yeah is it just star wars yeah. and sim- similarly with like revenge of the sith it's like i don't know it's just star wars again like i don't know what yeah the- that's the thing like so much of like the time in these movies is given to the not only like the answering questions we weren't asking but uh, like, cause that's, that's something like showing the robot replacing the window or whatever. Like, that's just like truly an unnecessary detail, but it's yeah. cute. But he's answering questions that not only were we not asking, but like we deliberately were not asking, you know what I mean? It's not like we neglected yes. to ask. It's that we didn't want to know. We didn't need to know that the Geonosians were the engineers behind the death star. And yeah. that's why, you know, like there's, there's so much of the, like, um, and and I think we at the time maybe thought we wanted that type of information of just like you know like show us how yeah. this came to be. But like anybody who's you know say read the Killing Joke realizes that it's a bit more compelling just knowing that there's a fucking crazy guy who dresses up like a clown than it is yeah. to like know the story. I know that that book is like revered, but I think it's just sort of like meh. <laughs> no, no, uh, but but to, well even for the killing joke like to that extent like as a, using that as a example, there is still like like the ending of that and even uh the sort of reveal of the Joker's past in general is 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 met with a sense of uncertainty right because you're like he's right. an unreliable narrator like, or maybe that's not how it happened <laughs> yeah and the very ending especially of that is le- is very much up in the air where you're like what did happen right. at the end of the and, and there isn't that sense of and that, that that's why we have so much fun with the original trilogy right is because there all these things are presented as a oh isn't this cool without an explanation of the background right yeah and, and some and it's a hard line to walk because sometimes it is interesting to get a character or a location's origin story because I'm not going to say there aren't any good origin stories or that there aren't any good prequels because sometimes it is fun to learn about, oh, what what did this, what happened when this person was young or like how did they get their start? Right. But then a, a, a lot more often, I would say, it is less interesting to learn about how they got to the interesting place they're already in. Yes. You know what I mean? It's cause like, because it's like the improv thing where it's like, you it's an interesting day in your improv scene right like it's an interesting moment for that character right like you are the something day is that happening. something happens yes the day that something happens and so it's more interesting to learn about the day that something happens than it is to go and learn about how the character got to the day that something happened yeah. which is unfortunately just kind of like the prequels in general which isn't to say that you can't tell a good story in that way because i think you can right i mean look at the um, clone wars tv series obviously they had more like screen time to make it happen but like there's amazing stories in that Absolutely, and you know the which, end, which is a great example. <laughs> which is yeah, exactly. Which is a great example of how you can tell compelling stories yeah. within a story, even if you know how it's going to end. But yeah, I think I don't know. This we got- movie like more than anything, it it uh, is a real tell and not a show. Like I think. I know I've already said it, like, making choices, but I think, you know, like, when they go to Naboo, for example, like, anything with Padme and Anakin, the the dialogue yeah. is kind of bad, and the, you know, the scenes are kind of hokey and schmaltzy, but, like, if, if, um, if it were just, like, and I, I realize it's, like, a, probably a PG-rated movie, or maybe PG-13, but, like, mm-hmm. if there's a time for Star Wars to have some sex in it, and I, yeah. by that I just mean, like, chemistry... Yes. Like this is the movie to do it in. Like it, it they they uh they tell us like no, we mustn't, you know, but like 
we were like, right. yeah, okay, then don't. Like, please yeah, don't. We're like, you must, you you mustn't. What? Yeah. You guys like, like Anakin like touches her hand one time, and it's like you know, and then they eventually kiss. But but like even and before he's like, that, I've thought of not- you every day for ten years. It's like, oh, this is not cute. <laughs> no, that's a, that that was a, a creepy thing. Is like I, I I vacillated back and forth wildly in this movie of trying to. Um, decide if I liked Anakin or not and and because he's so creepy he's like incel creepy in the way that he's like you're the perfect woman I've been dreaming about you but then there's times when he's kind of cute where you're like oh he's trying to flirt and it's just like even that is just like it's so inconsistent where it's like if they could have just gone in a direction of Anakin's sexy Padme is sexy these are two attractive young people who like Really, and, and and honestly, like a big problem is that because it's it goes back to Phantom Menace because they made him too young. Yeah, in the first it, one. Phantom like, Menace was just such a like tough thing to kind of recover from. I think it would have been interesting though, even again, like given the the fact it's that rated he's, PG, the fact that he's nine in that movie, okay, and the fact that it's PG. Say that you know, like Obi Wan when they when they first arrive and they're like, "Hi, Padme, good to see you again," or whatever. What if? What if Anakin also had kind of grown and like not necessarily forgotten about Padme, but like, um, you know, became was, a yes. like spent ten years of his life doing Jedi shit, and then maybe right. when they saw each other, they both were kind of like, oh, oh, you, yeah, yes, like when exa- you go that, to like a would, high yeah. school reunion or something, and you see someone who you had a crush on then, and you've since become you know an adult with a job, and then you go back and you're like. Oh gosh, I'm having all sorts of feelings from when I was like yes. a kid. Ten, yes, no, there, there is, yes, I, I agree. There is like ways that that it could, which once again, like it's like the story isn't bad. Right, it's just the way that we get there yeah. is like clunky. The story um, is, despite McClunky. being told not to, Anakin falls in love with Padme. Like that is the the whole story, yes. and then like the details and, are just bad. <laughs> yeah, and like forbidden love is incredibly compelling. Like here, here's the thing: is like this, the prequels should have been Greek tragedy, Shakespearean romance yes. tragedy. And then like the, some the big other thir- theme from this movie, the big musical theme is called Across yes. the Stars. Yes, it's like literally star-crossed lovers, right? Yes. And then like some third thing to tie that together and make it like, you know, obviously it's science fiction, but like some other third thing, maybe keeping with the fantasy stuff to like bring it in to make it feel, oh, this is its own, it's still Star Wars, but it has its own uh, influences that are making it feel yeah. like its own thing, you know? Yeah. Man, we're so smart, Mike. We really are. <laughs> Should we maybe do like a Patreon uh, episode where we like rewrite the arc of the prequels? I think that's a really fun idea. I think we should. Patrick I think we should Willems also. On YouTube, did that with the Matrix sequels, and again, it's like it's it's um, plot beats, world building, dialogue, and characters. Um, were all kept the same, but he like reconfigured the movies so that they made more sense. And it was doing things also like, okay, hey, this character isn't really consequential to the plot. And in the first movie, we established there's three main characters. And in the sequels, Morpheus has nothing to do. So instead of giving that line of dialogue and that story element to this guy, why don't we give that to Morpheus? You know, like doing yeah. things like that, I think would be a really fun thing to try to do. I think that'd be fun. I think that we, sh- I think we should do that. Um, 
we actually ended up having an interesting conversation about this movie, but I think we should go to the pit real quick <laughs> yeah, we and should. come back and play a game. Yeah. I, st- I truly, from everything we talked about, have no more idea no, of what I'm, I'm going to rate it. No, I'm not getting any closer to figuring <laughs> out if this is more or less Star Wars than Last Jedi. Oh, goodness. Especially okay. since they're both kind of like controversial movies. Like, Yes, absolutely. In different they're like ways. Controversial. But... Yes, they're like reverse controversial. You know, it's like the exact opposite reasons. Right. Um, but yeah, let's let's go to the pit. Okay, we woo. Well, hello, sweeties and listeners. We are popping in here to let you know about our new Patreon. Woohoo! That's right. We just started a Patreon. It's called the House Star Resistant Expanded Universe, or Hisuiu for short. For just $5 a month, you get a weekly bonus episode plus a monthly commentary track for a different Star Wars film and access to our exclusive Discord server where you can chat with us and other listeners. That's right. And if you want to be our best friend ever and want to be the best listener ever, you can also join the EU which is $10 a month, and you get everything that Mike just said. Plus, you'll get a personalized shout-out and a thank you on our regular main feed podcast, the one you're listening to right now. And if either of those seem a little too steep for you, you can join us for $2 a month and just join us on the Discord channel, or for $1 a month because you just really like the show and want to throw us a bone once a month. So go to patreon.com slash it and join us in the Hisuiu. And we're attack of the clones. <laughs> yeah, I just took a little break to get uh, some water, and the entire time I was just thinking, like, yeah, what other ways could we have made that movie better? <laughs> yeah, Mike said, like, what is more compelling than Forbidden Love? And it's like nothing. Yeah, it's like one of the most classic storylines that is repeated in everything, all the time, always. Right. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just a shame. So I have the game this week. Woo! It's another edition of the Star Wars Minute game. I'm ready to absolutely destroy or get it incredibly wrong. <laughs> yeah. With no in-between. So last time we played this, it was the like, okay, you're higher. Okay, you're lower version. And it was basically just 12 minutes of me going higher, higher, lower, <laughs> lower. So I rewrote the the uh, rules for solo play, which is, you know, you alone as opposed to you versus Pete or someone else. Yeah. And they are this. I'll give you one guess as to what minute that particular event is. And if you get it right on the nose, you get five points. If you're Mm -hmm. within um, five minutes in either direction, you get four points. Okay. And then if you're within 10 minutes in either direction, it's three and then like 15 to 21. And if you're not within 20 minutes on either end, which means like somewhere in a 40 minute window, <laughs> you get zero. Great. Um, also, uh, if the listener Mike's beautiful lens flare has returned whenever, <laughs> whenever we record, apparently when we record in this area in the summertime, there's just a beautiful lens flare that comes through Mike's window at around seven o'clock. <laughs> I'm gonna capture it this time. We haven't taken a screenshot before. Let me yeah, it really it's beautiful. Quick. It's absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm excited to once again absolutely dominate this uh, game. <laughs> okay, and for this game, you also have a choice. I've got some themes. Would you like okay. the dismemberment game? Oh. The first appearance game. Okay. The C-3PO game. 
Um, let's wow. see. The special edition or the okay. music? Okay, so I feel like Attack of the Clones, uh, That I think I'm feeling C-3PO game. And, of course, it's it's one moment from all of the nine movies. Right, right, right. But, yes, okay, cool. But that that's just sort of my inspiration here. Yeah, got it. Because he's that cool, like, pewter, grayish yeah. metal in this movie. He looks great. Um, okay, so this is a C-3PO Star Wars Minute game. Here we go. We are going to start off. We're doing release order yet again. We always will when I'm doing the game because that's how I yes. organize the spreadsheet. <laughs> Um, they are the Disney Plus ones. You know, minute one of any Star Wars movie starts at zero, zero, zero and goes to 59 seconds. You know, that's the first minute. I will say the movie. I will say the moment. And I will say how many minutes are in the movie. And then you Great. have to guess the minute. Okay. This is A New Hope, which is a 124-minute long movie on Disney Plus. 124 and this is the first ever appearance of C-3PO. That's going to be pretty early. Uh, I'm going to say minute, minute one is probably mostly crawl. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I'm going to say minute three. Minute three is correct! <laughs> yes! <laughs> I mean, I pretty much had a one in five chance of getting it. Because yeah. I was like, that's the first five minutes. Yeah, for right. Sure. Uh, okay, so I you have five, five points. points right off the bat. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, okay, the next movie, of course, is Empire Strikes Back at 127 minutes long. And this moment of C-3PO is the first appearance of C-3PO in Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see. Let's remember we were out. We're in the cold. Uh, we're doing stuff. He's back at the base. I'm going to say, like, minute... 11. Um, okay, so for that, you do get uh, four points because it is minute number seven. Oh, okay. Very a little close. sooner than I thought. Dang it, dang it. Five minutes away. Not bad, not bad. Okay. The next movie is Return of the Jedi coming in at 134 minutes. And this moment of the movie is the first appearance of C-3PO in Return <laughs> of the Jedi. <laughs> okay, let's see. How does that one start? That's uh, also... He's also at the very beginning, because <laughs> uh, he's delivering the message. I'm going to say minute three again. It is minute five. Ah! So again, you get four points. <laughs> not bad, not bad. Yeah, now though, I'm trying to remember, like, how is that not the first thing that happens? But it's, Well, I think uh, it's, um, what is the exact first thing? There's the crawl, mm-hmm. and then, because in my memory, the first thing is them, like, walking is him and C-3PO in ta- on Tatooine. That is you know? my first th- memory, too. But That's I my did, first like, memory in general. Through, yeah. <laughs> I did scrub through all of these movies and find the exact moment, though, so I don't know why that's not coming to mind of, like, what, like, one thing happened before we saw C-3PO. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, moving now on into the prequel world, we are at Phantom Menace. A, The Phantom Menace is a 136 minute long movie and you need to tell me the minute in which we first see C-3PO. Alright, I feel like I know what's going on. <laughs> now this is going to be later because this is not until like the middle when they find Anakin he's built the boy. So <clears throat> I'm going to say like minute f- 45. No, no, no. Minute 55. Mm. 
You were closer with 45. It's minute 39. Dang, I was so close. So let's see. 55 is more than 10 minutes away. So you yeah. are in the 15 range, which gets you two points. Aw, oh, man. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> Wait, no, that's not true. <laughs> because 55 would be 15 away from 40. And it's 39, so it's actually, you only get one point for that. Ah, shit. <laughs> uh, okay. The next one is Attack of the Clones, the movie we're talking about this week, where he yes. looks the best he ever looks in the entire saga. And Absolutely. you can fight me on that. This moment you're trying to uh, determine here is the first appearance of C-3PO. <laughs> hmm. Okay, in this one, oh, it's and the when... Attack of the Clones is 142 minutes long. Right, Why is this it? Is, <laughs> this is whenever he go, they go to Tatooine to save Shmi, um, which is also I feel like middle-ish. How long is the movie again? 154. It is, uh, it is 142 minutes. 142. I'm gonna give it a 50, 50, minute 50 funny that you say 50 because you earlier said middle-ish and it is at minute 72 which is almost the dead middle exactly the middle (laughs) (laughs) so that was 22 minutes off so you get no points (laughs) they were like you know you know how it's like in a good screenplay it's like there should be something really great at like minute 60 like Uh right at the halfway point and this one they were like gotta meet c3po this is the most important thing that could happen (laughs) (laughs) i saw a thing recently that was like i think i even shared it with you and delaney on twitter the thing that was like um why didn't owen remember c3po yeah and it's like yeah he looks different than when he owned him he only had him for a couple of years and then like 25 years went by and also like I don't know if if someone <laughs> if someone gave me like the computer my family had when I was a kid, but they colored it a different color. Would I be like, "Hey, that's a computer I learned to play <laughs> Age of Empires on"? <laughs> this is my mom's laptop. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a good point. Um, okay, Revenge of the Sith, 140 minutes long, and this is the minute where we first see C-3PO. Mm. Let's see, Avengers of the Sith. I think, gosh, I'm trying to remember. I haven't, I, I haven't watched this one in a long time either, so I have no idea. I'm just gonna say like minute mm, fifteen. You're ten off, so you get uh, three points for that. It was a uh, minute twenty-five. It's oh. when uh, it takes a while to get to him. I haven't watched that in a while either. I feel like I've watched the first two prequels more than Revenge of the Sith, but it's um. Well, it's like they're more fun to watch. They are more fun for sure. It's when they like land at. Coruscant again. Those movies. Maybe Padme is the protagonist of those movies. She might like, be. It's it, shit. Always starts happening when she shows up. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> she comes to Coruscant for some like vote, and then like all hell breaks loose. She is. The, yeah, she's the middle of those movies. Now we jump into the modern era, into the Force Awakens. Now, if you remember, in this movie, C three PO has a red arm. That's um, very cool. This is a 138 minute long movie and it is the first appearance of C-3PO. Now I'm trying to remember this one too because I'm like, what happens at the very beginning of that movie? Because I haven't seen that one in a hot second as well. There's a lot of Ray stuff, a lot of Finn and Poe stuff. I feel like it's, and it's not until we get to the resistance that we see 3PO, which is a little later. I'm gonna say like what, minute 45? 
It new. <laughs> Very wrong. It is minute eighty. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, no points. No points on that one. Yeah, minute eighty. It's you're right. It is when they get to the resistance, but there are like a dozen scenes that happen. There's yeah. the intro scene where we see Kylo Ren and and Poe. Yeah, there's, there's a lot all the Ray business where Finn and Ray get together. Yeah, there's like Han. There's a whole bunch of shit with Han before there's they go the, to the Resistance. Like there's the Mons. Kanji clan. Uh huh. Right. Um. Okay. The next movie is The Last Jedi, the longest, 152 minutes. And in that movie, we first see C-3PO at what minute? <laughs> Last Jedi. Well, we just watched this, so mm-hmm. I should remember. Um, and I don't. I'm going to say minute. Eh. Actually, hang on. Before you say anything, it happens to be the same number as one you've already said. <laughs> <sighs> or no, no sorry. Not one that you've already said, but one that was already a correct answer. Okay. Oh, uh, Nikash. 72. <laughs> <laughs> You were almost uh, there. It was seven. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know that wasn't right, but it was the only number I could remember. And I don't even know if that was a specific one. Yeah, it shares a, a first appearance. Oh, of right, CPO because because Leia Leia is like get that nervous expression off. Yep, your face. exactly. That's exactly the moment, folks. I just said seventy two because I don't remember. I didn't think that was actually what it was. No, okay? sure, that was just fun and fun. That was just for fun. Yeah, um, and then the last movie is Rise of Skywalker, one hundred and forty two minutes. And this is the first... What if I changed the thing and it was like, this is when we first meet D.O. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. it's the first appearance of C-3PO. Oh, man. And this is not the, the, the movie I've seen one time. Right. The movie um, that really, truly feels like a person telling you a bunch of Star Wars things. I'm going to just, like, once again, have to grow off, off of nothing and say, like, I don't know, 20... Minute 20. Wow. You are as close as you have been, like, on any guess, basically. It was minute 16. Not bad. Yeah. So and I, got, I what, also four points? could not tell you what happens then. I wrote down all these numbers quite a while ago. All right. So my final score is uh, 9, 13, uh, 14, 17, 21. Great. <laughs> Out of a possible 40 45. Five? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so a solid failing grade. <laughs> yep. Love it. And that is how we play the Star Wars Minute game. And that is uh, how we play. That's how we play uh, it this time. <laughs> this time. We'll see if it stays the same. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it, it changes. Um, well, let's figure out what we're going to rate this dang thing, because we talked about a lot of interesting stuff, but I feel like I'm, but, but like we said, no closer to figuring out where it lands. I, here's the biggest question we have to figure out. Is it more or less Star Wars than The Last Jedi? Right. I think that's maybe the place to start here. Because we can also move things around again. We've, we have created that precedent where if we want to move Last less Jedi down a little bit to slot in Attack of the Clones, we can. Um, I don't think it's more Star Wars than Empire. I agree. It's too I, clunky and, and uh, messy. My, my, my gut is saying... It's more Star Wars than Last Jedi. I I was kind of heading that way too. And I don't necessarily have a good reason. It's really just what either. my gut is saying. The thing the thing with this is 
it, it's funny that the the ones that we're sort of comparing it to are the other middle movies. Yes. Because yeah. both of those middle movies really did something. Yeah. And I couldn't tell you what this movie really did. No, that's true. I could, could you know what I'm I'm that doesn't realizing. Make those other ones more Star Wars necessarily. No, no, no. What what I'm realizing right now is it's like the opposite of recency bias <laughs> where because obviously these older movies all fall pretty high, which is like because they're the the thing that we all go off of. Um, they have the biggest, they're the weighted the biggest. The prequels, in general, feel more Star Wars to me than the original trilogy in certain way, or than the um, sequel trilogy in certain ways. Uh-huh. And I think it might just be because they've been around for 20 years. That could be it. It could also and be because the sort of George Lucas stank that yes, has like Yes, that was the next them. thing I was going to say is yeah. that they have his undeniable hands on them yep. to where, you know, and, and because they inspired most of the animation yeah. that we have, you know, that is also a big part of Star Wars. Yeah. So, like, maybe it's just that the sequel trilogy hasn't had enough time to, like, gel into like re- what what feels like some real canon that like everything else can jump off of right. yet whereas like the prequels does feel like that because a lot of stuff has done that yeah no i'm i'm definitely on the same page this this yeah. has like it has all the chili ingredients in full yeah. force like absolutely it's got monsters it's got goofy cg blobby characters it's got like bad plot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, well, and like even you know the good movies in Star Wars still have like questionable plot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's like, wait, how? Why are we here? What's the plan? That's a stupid plan. But we have like fun actors to right sort of make us not worry about it. Right. You know. Whereas uh, Last Jedi really tried some kind of new things. Yeah. Which it's funny that it is so high on our thing because it really does do a lot of things that other Star Wars movies don't do. Like I do right. somewhat get the Star Wars fanboy loudness on the internet about like this isn't like other Star Wars movies because it it is not. <laughs> no, absolutely. It is it is and and I think maybe that's what the reason why we give it higher is because it feels like the cuz the thing like we've said before is like it feels like the good parts of Star Wars, whereas the yeah. prequels feel like the bad parts. And, but all that to say, like Attack of the Clones also does have some of the good parts of Star Wars and like the cool character designs and the cool characters in general and the world building yeah. and the planets, you know? So, I mean, it has like I'm almost, c- it has like a, a great deal of amazing Battlefront 2 maps. Yes. It has yes. Coruscant, it has Camino, it has Geonosis. I, I have like, walked myself into thinking that we should bump Last Jedi down a little bit. Yeah, I think so too. Because otherwise we'd have to do like even further fractions than quarters of a point. Yeah, I think if we bump, I think we give Attack of the Clones an 8.5 and then bump Last Jedi down to 8 and a, 8.25. Yeah, I like that. I think that feels good to me. I like that a lot. What what uh, unit of measure do we want to slap on this bad boy? Oh, that's a good question. Um, what did we do last? <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't know. Uh, who knows? Uh, it's been way too long. 
I feel like I'm going to give it, what did I enjoy watching this time around? I liked those little weird mosquito tick creatures. The, the yeah, tick the cows. No, no, no. The tick cows on Naboo. Oh, that oh look yeah, like, the ticks. Yeah. They look like big cows that are ticks. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to do um, different type of cutting arm or implement along a factory assembly line. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so new 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 list just dropped. Last Jedi is eight point two five. Attack of the Clones is eight point five. So I feel good about that. <laughs> this is our second of like six of these episodes where we retconned our own shit from a previous yes, one. Yes, <laughs> from like from like a month prior. Yeah, right. Hey, it's our show. We can do whatever we want. It sure is. Um, well, and on that note, it is our show, and it uh, it is time to wrap up. So, uh, what do we say? Do you want us on the internet? Right. <laughs> I'm like so <laughs> out of it. Say? I have no idea what's happening. Um, find us at How Star Wars Is It on Twitter and Instagram and look at the show notes for the rest of our info. Right. Um, and go to patreon.com slash How Star Wars Is It. Yes. That's uh, where you can get additional bonus episodes. We do about a half hour long bonus episode every week. We also are doing commentaries for the Star Wars films, and as as of this recording, you'll get to hear our commentary on Attack of the Clones in the next week or two. Um, yes, uh, when, when this goes up, it'll be the 26th, and then the first week of August, the 4th, will be when you can hear the commentary for Attack of the Clones. So yep. go listen to that. It's fun. Also, I just want to plug, like, this might seem silly, but we had some cool guests on recently. This month, we had some fun guests. So if you haven't listened to those episodes, go back and yeah, check them out. Yeah, that's right. Um, we had some good guests this week, this month. Uh, and okay. just for fun, because I haven't in a while, because it's just kept getting away from me. But by now, maybe I'm closer to finally finishing some toys. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite, like, vague plug that Mike does. Yeah. It's like, uh, could be. And either way, whether I'm finished or not, my Instagram will always be there, which is rule follower toys. Yes. And that Instagram rocks. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's it. It's about time for tell you bye bye. Yeah. A tight episode this A week. A tight so, one. Like we always say, <laughs> we, we love, love you. you. And may, may the, the fourth be with you. you. Did you see that the, the Teletubbies got vaccinated? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did see that. And that they're all 18 or something. Yeah, like they what? are confirmed to be over the. That's weird. Anyway, good to know they're not like anti vaxxers. Sure.